Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm Coach Todd Halls, your host today. Grateful to be here as always. Listeners, thank you for being here. I love that you take the time to tune in. I'm excited for our guest. Um, let me introduce today William B. Lyles. And I did not check the, the, the pronunciation of that beforehand, so I'm hoping I got that right. William B. Lyles. He's a business owner, an entrepreneur. He's a husband. He's a dad. Uh, and so much more. And can't wait to unpack that a bit with you. William, welcome to Why Not Me. Oh, thanks for having me. Actually, you you hit it out of the park. You got my last name right on the first try. That's at normal. So I appreciate it. Perfect. Well, just lucky, right? I got I got lucky that time. So William, tell us uh if you would, what what did I leave out? Um tell, tell us about you. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a young entrepreneur. I, I'm a third generation, you know, home improvement contractor. I just turned 30 last year. Don't let the male pattern baldness fool you. Um, that's that's just the construction industry as a whole, right? It, it took my hair away or that or my four daughters, whatever I'm in the mood to blame that day, right? Um, uh, we're, we're, um, I've been married to my, my beautiful bride and business partner, uh, Amanda, um, and, and we are just really doing it. Um, we live in uh, the capital of uh, Kansas, Topeka, um, out by uh, Lake Sherwood. And we are, have a goal, a dream of building a generational uh, company for our four daughters to leave to. Um, that's, spe that's specifically involved in the solar industry. Uh, we are currently out of, I think, eight states right now. But we have plans to move in, uh, I think, five to six more this year. So very happy, very fortunate, and very blessed. That's awesome. So you said third generation in the home improvement sector. Yeah. So the other two generations were, was is the has the business been passed on or has everybody started up their own? Uh, there, there was that. My grandfather, um, William the First, believe it or not, um, was a bricklayer in Indianapolis. Back when bricks were pink, I don't know if anyone remembers pink bricks in the streets, but. Um, he was a bricklayer and he came to Kansas and back when steel and aluminum siding were, were at its peak um, and then vinyl siding was really coming in um, and he formed a company here and um, it, was, it was successful. My father was, um, my father Steve had taken on the company and he inherited it after my, um, my grandfather stepped down. And sadly, I am not the oldest of the, of, of the five kids and one of them is a brother, but um, you know, it's. I ended up having to go off on my own and, and start my own company. But um, you know, my brother is very successful. Um, I, I love him dearly. Um, and 
So for us, it's the generational is, is more in reference to we never could get away from it, right? <laughs> That's awesome. That's a well, well, but what a great family legacy. Your your grandpa started started it. Your so his grandson, your brother, is still running it, and that same entrepreneurial spirit clearly runs in the bloodline because you're like, well, look, okay, I can do this. I'll do it on my own. Yeah, cool. And and so you are fairly young. Um, at 30, when did you first launch into business and entrepreneurship? Uh, really, it was like, what is it now? Been like almost just about three years ago, I started working, you know, officially, right? Being third generation, you're, you know, I felt like I was born with a tool belt. But you know, I started working you know, <laughs> 14 and uh, picking up nails and cigarette butts. We say, little gopher, right? You know, I. My dad would pay me twenty dollars a day. He'd drop me off at job sites, especially over the summer, and I would I would just kind of clean up. I was the trash man. Um, but you know, fast forward to three years ago, I'd really built this reputation. I've sat in a lot of like D levels, VP levels, and then um, here I think five years ago, I, I kind of exclusively sat on the C levels as a COO, um, or like and it was either you know. I spent a lot of time as a chief construction officer too. And I, at that point, you know, I, I had always wanted to do it on my own and my wife and I came together and um, I ended up forming a company with a couple partners uh, just about, like I said, just about three years ago. And then I um, sold off my, my section of that. I'm, I'm out of that, that company. Those guys are great. I wish them all the best. And as I told Amanda last year, it was, it was really time for us to do it on our own. And, and so um, here I am on my own officially and um, loving it. So I, I own Genesis Solar Power um, as, as a, I'm a solar contractor. So I say I'm still in the construction field, but a lot has changed since grandpa was hanging, you know, vinyl siding uh, on homes. But my, my brother is still very much <laughs> into that side, but um, I really dove heavy headfirst into the roofing and solar industry. And I, I don't think I'll ever turn back. Cool. So, what was it about the roofing solar? What drew you to that specifically? I think I think for me, um, I was kind of at like this really weird point where like vinyl siding, my brother would probably disagree with this, was that was that a decline. You, know, you don't see as much vinyl siding going up anymore, a lot of cement board, hardy siding, LP, and, and that was really coming up. So it, it was in that kind of transition stage where, where a lot of that stuff was being done. And um, I had helped take over. Um, I was uh, doing applications. I was an installer in, in, uh, in Kansas City. I fell in love. And I took a job to be closer to the person that I, uh, to Amanda, who I wanted to be. And I took on a project manager role in Kansas City. And they did siding, gutters, and roofing. Um, and conveniently, you know, I'd, I'd spent some time. On, I'd, I'd done some, you know, part of some roofing projects, but mostly around the siding of it. And they did a lot of siding, but their siding sales started to drop, but their roofing sales went through the roof. And I really just adapted and, and fell in love and built a really kind of a, a potent reputation um, as a young man. You know, I took on that, I think, project manager all 21. So I, I, it wasn't long. I think by 24, I was a regional project manager. So I, I was always kind of in the right place at the right time, but, you know, I worked really hard to get there and, and roofing is just, I, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's, it's, it's done really well to our family. 
and it's earned my loyalty for that. Super cool. You mentioned being in the right place at the right time, and uh, and then you worked hard, and it just reminded me that it seemed like most people I know that end up in the right place at the right time have had to take a lot of steps to end up in the right place at the right time, and oftentimes, oftentimes carrying a pretty heavy load. So, uh, yeah, good for you. Um, and I was—I think you answered it just by as I'm doing timeline. But did you go to school for for project management, construction management, or was it just just from experience being out there doing it? Uh, I didn't go to school actually. Um, there was a lot of scenarios that I think <laughs> my wife will will, will will say otherwise. But you know, a lot of companies, you know, started to really appreciate my "I'll work you up under the table" attitude. And 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 what I mean by that is like. When I stepped into my first regional role, like I said, 23 or 24, I had not gone to school. I got through college, or high school, and they're like, I know you're not ready for this, but go. And, and I literally worked 70, 80 hours a week. Um, because of, and not all of that was like grinding to the machine, but I wanted to know the most. So I actually carry, I think, like 37 or 39 total certifications that I took throughout the course of, of my career that I really just wanted to absorb the most. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what helps. So I, I always say I didn't go to college for it, but I did do some schooling that was specifically involved in, in you know, what I needed to know to, to achieve this. Yeah. Yeah. So you've described somebody that's come up in, you know, from, from work belt and tool work boots and tool belt to, you know, to, to clipboard and, and cell phone to now, you know, you're, you're the, you're the owner, the CEO, what was that transition like? Often I meet, and I, I was guilty of this when we when we started our first. It was a concrete construction company where you know, we we poured concrete. Um, we were pretty. I was a pretty skilled technician. At, I could pour concrete and I could work really hard, but I didn't know squat about running a business. How have you picked up? Where'd you learn? So I, I will say I, I really liked the transition from um, hammer to clipboard. That was a lot easier for me than clipboard to dealing with an accountant, right? Because it's real fun to, <laughs> to you know, I, I enjoyed building the jobs, but I didn't like 105 degree, you know, days standing on scaffolding, two story in the air. You know, I don't think anybody loved that. I liked being a project manager. I liked being an operations manager. I liked being a director. I even liked being a COO. Once I took that final leap into entrepreneurship, you know, there's a lot more to it than just, Let's build jobs and build them great. You got to pay taxes. <laughs> you got, you got to, you got to do your part of all, all different conversations. So that was that was hard to adjust towards. But what I will say that like I think was the best for me. And like I know some people are like you know trying to figure out where my wife comes into play as, as a partner is when I was ready to jump on my own. We have a very nuclear household, right? It's very traditional. Very, you know, I'm I'm very good at bringing in the income. Very good at um, focusing on, on business. My wife is, is very much a, a, a great household to take care of. You know, she, she makes sure all our bills are paid. The kids are fed, you know, I'm very honest about it. I, I know how to pay all the business expenses, but I probably couldn't tell you who our mortgage was through. So I, when I approached her, who she's a nurse, by the way, but she, she is a bachelor's <laughs> nurse. And I said, I, I want you to come and, and be a partner with me in this. And if you can run the business taxes and, and accounting and finances, like you run our household, we'll be fine. And, and she came in and, and, and really has done 
an amazing job, especially since how quickly we've scaled this company. Yeah. So, so, um, it's amazing that you two have, uh, that harmony, uh, and you're, you're able to work together. Um, not, yeah, sometimes, uh, that can be, uh, that can be stressful, right? It can, those can be some hard conversations. Nina, Nina and I have been in business together. We've been married 25 years, been in business together 24 years. Um, and so, yeah, there've been some, there've been some ups and downs through, <laughs> through all of that without a doubt. There, so, there is that. I'm, I'm, I'm not selling a, an, an illusion here that we, we have hard conversations from, 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 you know, then and uh, now, but, but what I will say is that I think the coolest part is we've done a fantastic job at recognizing each other's strengths and mm-hmm. letting that person blossom in that role. And, and that's been really cool. That is awesome. It's, it's, so you mentioned that. And I think, I don't think I know, I know we men can tend to focus on the 20% or whatever that percent is that maybe we could think is negative instead of the 80% that is awesome and are the strengths and are the, you know, the, the, the beauty and the wonder and the, the brains and all the things that make our spouses awesome. Um, so as you just talked about being able just to, let her be in her strength. She does the same for you. And the two of you are both thriving because of it. A uh, great example. Yeah. So you've scaled fast. Um, has, it, has that been, has it been scary? Has it been, a, what's, what's that look like? What's, if you can just, just give a quick kind of a 15 second reel of start to now and what that scaling looks like. So, I have spent the last, before I started entrepreneurship, the last two years before that, helping companies scale. That was, that's what I've known. Taking one state operations to 10 state. So it, it, it really hasn't been scary at all for us, probably more for my wife. But, you know, I, I really feel like I'm, I'm in my element now. And like I said, we, even last month in January, we opened two new states worth of operations in February. We've already opened two as well with potentially two more. So uh, we're really in our element, and, and we're loving it. Now. It's it's it has its stresses, but but I feel good with my experience. Cool, cool. So as you look ahead, what are you most excited for in in the coming year? Uh, interest rates dropping. Uh, you know, a solar industry. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff <laughs> that is done with uh, loans. Um, a lot of people finance their solar projects. So, and and I think you know, economy wise, that's a big deal too to see. You know potential interest rates dropping. Um, I think that's going to be a big thing for me on a business side. But I think um, for us specifically, we've been working on a lot of programs that are, are beneficial to like the industry as a whole. And I think in construction, you would talk, there's a lot of like diversity, you know, looking at other companies. And I really wanted to, to work this year on like more of a collaborative effort. Um, so I, I hope this year is full of, of those goals seen into light for me to bring companies together and make, make some of this industry better. Can you, can you walk that a little bit for us? Unpack what you mean by the collaboration and yeah. And then even in the diversity part, like, yeah, so like, please, you know, I'll, I'll touch on the diversity in, in, as contractors. You know, I'm sure you've seen it. You know, you have, you go in and a couple people get different bids from, you know, several different contractors and, and some contract, uh, you don't want to do work with them. I'm the best. Um, you know, people market against each other. And, and I think that sometimes gives us a little bit of a stigma, especially on the homeowner front. But uh, I think it's real bad on the business to business front. Social media is 
is huge now. And I think industries are really well connected. And there's a lot of, uh, how would I say, chest flexing, you know, uh, on social media. And, and I think it have, have turned us even more worse against each other than, than we ever were before. You know, who's doing this? Who's doing that? And so what we've done is, you know, there's a lot of new shows, conferences this year where a lot of us business owners in the same trade can get together. And we're actually unveiling a plan specifically designed for contractors to get into the new spaces like solar energy, um, you know, solar contractors get into roofing energy, not roofing energy, roofing, uh, roofing work to where they can start adding that into their business without like, you know, fighting against that current of how do I hire a project manager? We've built a complete training program that teaches them how to do it, uh, you know, for pennies on the dollar, which I think is, is, is crucial. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a well needed. I'm not sure if that's the right way of phrasing it, but, uh, I, I think you've definitely identified a pain point. Um, and especially that, you know, the last part you mentioned about even training up a project manager, um, uh, you, immediately think of the Peter principle where everybody gets promoted to their level of incompetence. Right. And, and as business owners, we sometimes do that to ourselves, but, but specifically you see a technician, um, somebody that's really good at the trade and suddenly it's like, Hey, manage projects. Um, you've done projects three, two, one go. And, yeah. and they're like, well, it's way different. Not, not like, it's just a whole different set of skills. And, and helping that out. I, I think there's sometimes as entrepreneurs, we'll look at something, like, ah, oh, that's easy. I'll just toss a little bit of money at it and it'll work. You know, and, and it's not like that. We all, we all know that. We, we, we've all done it, at least for us, like with marketing. I'll give that a whirl here. Let's toss five grand at it and see what it makes us. Nothing. You know, you hope and pray or you'll promote somebody. Exactly. That, that's the number one thing I find with companies that are scaling. Like this guy can put on roofing or solar really well. He definitely should be a manager. And not everybody that swings a hand, hammer can lead other guys that swing hammers. We all know that. Yeah, and and not all of them want to. Like they not they're just they're they're really good at their craft, and they just want to be a really good craftsman, and that's okay. We need them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we do. We do need them. What? So, what? If anything, what makes you nervous or scares you as you look ahead in at the construction industry? Uh, what makes me nervous? Sometimes I think, you know, for me, obviously, a lot of like work life balance, and you probably hear this, you know, often is, um, I think as, as we continue to scale, that is one of my fears is, is continuing to be a, a strong father. Um, I have four daughters. I have four kids, four, all of them are girls. I love them to death. Um, and, and making sure that, that I'm here and still present as a father. Um, I, I read a, a quote, I don't know, and I'm paraphrasing some, but it's like, you know, 50 years from now, nobody will remember how many emails you responded to. They'll remember your, your kids will remember that, that you are present. So that's, that's, that's a big one that I'm nervous about is make, making sure that, that I still stay here. Um, and, and I manage, you know, kind of my home life too. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, we forget that a lot and, and I'm just as guilty as that. Yeah, we it's it, yeah, we get caught up in the well. You just it's the business, right? And you have to build the business, and you know you're building it for your family, right? Um, and so it's it's easy to have that argument and justify it, doing it for the family. But like you mentioned, you know, to pair the quote, like they don't in fifty years, they're going to remember the laughs around the dinner table, or <laughs> you know, 
or, 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 or whatever your family does for activities there, it's, it's not going to be about the business. And it's, it's, so, it's not worth it. I, I say that to people all the time. That's part of what made me go into entrepreneurship, but I traveled a lot. When I, when I, when I was in my last, um, I was a vice president of construction. That was when I traveled and I was gone probably 70% of the month away from my house. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was, I was either Delta or United, and, and there's this platinum status, like a diamond status. And they said, you know, how you always recognize a, a diamond member. Um, it was because they only they only see their family by the photos in the wallet. Um, and my daughter and, and I, my eldest, um, we, I don't want to say we grew apart. She's only eight. But like there, there was, there was definitely, we were, we were, we weren't as connected because I was gone so much. And so that's that's been my biggest focus and vision was like um, we're very close now because I've, I've I've made sure to bring that back in but never to get back to that point. Yeah. Well, and and if you set things up right, if you're intentional about how you how you start your business and how you set it up to begin with, or even maybe you've had a business for other listeners, maybe you've had a business and realized that hey, um, the business feels like it owns you more than you own it. Um, getting intentional about what we're talking about is is very possible. Get some systems in place, set some boundaries and some some day start rituals and day end rituals, and get you can get control of it, and and still be super productive and profitable. Hundred percent, doing it right. Right. So curious about the 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 dinner conversations though, because that's so. We talk business a lot at our house. We've got it. We've got a couple businesses. Um, and so there's not many conversations that just, rev- you know, that where it doesn't come up. How do you, and, and in some ways it's, it's good because Orion, our son, um, knows a lot. He's got, knows a lot about business at 17 and has a good mind for it. Um, but how do you manage that? Is it something you're conscious of? What's it look like? So I am actually uh, very good. My, my wife says there's there's William and there's Will. I, I I can flip it like a light switch. I can I can hit a certain point and I can turn it off, um, and I can turn it back on. That's not it doesn't always work that way. But I, I you know Tuesdays and Thursdays every week, my daughters are in dance, you know ballet and um, tap dance, you name it. And you know they they have to be there at six o'clock. So around five thirty, I'm real good to go and flip. Uh, and I could go there. I could be a dad. I could be in the dance. I can watch them. Um, I can bring them home, but I can also flip it back on really easy. So uh, our dinner table talks, you know, are really around one. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a father from the construction industry, raised by other construction guys and has four daughters. So it has been some learning curve for me, you know, you know, to, to talk to the daughters. I will, I will say this last two years, the conversations have been more, uh, I got to be a little more sensitive. I had to find my sensitivity side to that, right? Uh, so that's that's been that's been a learning curve for me, a growth point. Um, I didn't know what the word "swifty" was a month ago, uh, but I guess that's like a Taylor Swift fan base and my daughters, you know, all into that. Where um, you know, so so we're really close in that aspect. Matter of fact, I, I made it a priority of mine. I I drive my daughters to school. I pick them up from school. Um, where we. We, we invest so much into that as a family and as an entrepreneur. Matter, I'll even take that one step forward. I don't even want to ramble with you, but I have made it a company-wide initiative. One, we are almost, I think we're right now we're 
90% remote. And, and um, so all my office workers are able okay. to be remote. And that's good for green business, but for them. But I do not allow, at a, and, I, and I've turned business away. I, I tell moms and dads, have your babies in your laps. Go with your kids on the meetings. You're never going to watch me. You know, my wife, and we have a, a seven-month-old. She's in the meetings all the time. Be a parent. I'll pay you well for it. And let me tell you, anyone listening, for anybody across social media, our productivity is better than it's ever been. Workers work just as hard. That's that's the dinner that's the dinner table talk that I like to have. William, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so. Just thinking about all the all the times when you're like, no, not not I'm on I'm on Zoom, not now, right? Versus, come here, buddy. Like, come on up and. And I've had bosses too. So, yeah. hey, let me know when you want to get serious, you know, or get your kid taken care of and come back to me. I, I see employees do that now. I'm like, no, 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 bring them in here. Let's say hi. You know, this is what you're doing it for, right? Let us see your motivation. You know, they, I, we actually turned away a pretty large contract from somebody that was a little, a little rude to another employee that had it. They called after five, had a baby screaming in the background, and they're like. They, they says, I did not. There's money everywhere. We, we go find, we'll, we'll go find money somewhere else. Yeah. Man, William, I applaud you and your company uh, for, for taking that stand and having that, you know, just part of your culture. That's that's pretty amazing. I was going to say, most people will find that, that productivity increases with happiness. Money doesn't solve all your problems. My, my father used to say, God rest him, that. You can give a man a steak every day in jail, but eventually he'll realize he's eating a steak in jail. And I never really understood that to the point of like, if I'm unhappy where I'm working, you could pay me 250 grand a year. I'm still going to be unhappy. I'll take a hamburger at the lake over a steak in jail. I, I would take 100 grand being happy than, than 250 being miserable. And, and that's what we really want to do, especially for you know my my own family. It's amazing, and and you spoke some very wise and very true words um, regarding the trade trading your happiness for money. It's just not a good trade ever. Yeah. So that seems like a good place to land the plane. So a couple things: um, a for folks that want to get in touch with you, learn more about your company, hire you. What's the best place to find you? Uh, you can find us on uh, social media, on Google, at Genesis Solar Power, um, or you can look us up online directly at gogenesissolar.com. Um, and chances are, whether you're in our state or in others, you'll, you'll be seeing us here before too long. We have big goals. We, we want to put solar on the moon. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So Thank you, William. And before I turn you loose, if you would leave our listeners with one important or impactful question that we should all be considering. I got a good one. Um, the most important question that I ask myself every day was, are you doing enough for them? Everybody around you, you do enough for them. Love it. That's a, that's a, that's a great place to, to wrap up. Uh, just a terrific conversation. Thanks for being here, William. I appreciate you. Todd, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. You bet. You bet. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, so grateful for you. We wouldn't be here without you. A uh, quick mention, uh, today we're sponsored by Todd Hall's Coaching, LLC. 
uh, they support them to support us. You can find them at www.coachtodhalls.com. And I'm going to leave you with this. Whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put on your heart, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.